Hello, and welcome to this episode of Exploring Faith, the new podcast series from the Salvation Army in Morley. This week, we've got something a little bit different. For the first time, we hear from one of our guest speakers. This time, it's Sarah Beecham, who's the Divisional Youth Specialist for the Salvation Army. Sarah's thought today is a new look at the famous parable of the lost sheep and how we can apply it to our lives today. Sarah will also feature in our first bonus episode on Thursday morning with a short reflection on identity. If you want to hear more from us, all of our meetings are broadcast live every Sunday at 10.15am on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Morley Salvation Army. But he speaks about being called into love and being called deeper still. Over the past few weeks, months, um, the, st- the parable of the lost sheep has been coming back to me again and again. And when I sat down this week to write a sermon, it was really clear what God had put on my mind and the one thing that God had put on my heart. And that was the lost sheep. And the more that I read into the parable and the more that I examined the parable, I found that it wasn't just the parable of the lost sheep, but the parable of the searching shepherd. And I don't know where you guys are coming from today in your spiritual journey. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know kind of how kind of this Sunday morning kind of is sitting with you. But I know that being here and being in this place, in this building this morning, I'm really missing being with my church family. I'm missing being in relationship and fellowship and community with the guys that normally sit here. It's very, very odd as you look around and the building is empty. Um, I've normally got at least a nod kind of going along to say, yep, we're still with you, um, which is very strange. So I'm just going to presume that you are still with me um, and that you are still, um, yeah, but it's just really odd, but I am missing being in church, family and community and I don't know how you feel and if you choose to turn off this live stream in the next 30 seconds, hear this one thing, that God loves you more than you will ever know, more than you could ever, ever deserve and you can't do anything to change that love. Now, I'm hoping that you will stay with me for more than that 30 seconds, but hear those words. God loves you more than you will ever know, more than you will ever, ever deserve, and you cannot change that love. I think the beauty of this parable is that no matter where you guys are coming from in your spiritual journey, that you can relate to being that lost sheep. And whether it is wandering for years in the wilderness away from God or drifting away from the shepherd and the flock or momentarily turning your back to God because something else has taken your focus. And I think the scariest thing is when you don't know you're lost till you are lost. Till you turn round and realise that you have turned your back away from God. And now I've read um, I've read books and I've read stuff on the internet this week about sheep and about farming. And I do not claim to be any sort of an expert on this topic. But I read that when a sheep gets lost, 
when they realise that they have strayed away from the flock and away from the shepherd, they plonk themselves down and will not move. How many of us have been in that position? But despite being lost, we are loved by a searching shepherd far more than we could ever deserve. And verse 4 poses a rhetorical question. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep? And you need to know that no one is ever too far from God that he doesn't search for them. There is nothing that you can do to stop God wanting that relationship with you. And I had a conversation with somebody in this hall just short of two years ago. And we discussed the people that we had prayed for and the people that we had um, spoken to God about coming back to faith. And we discussed the fact that we'd put our own limitations on that, that we presumed that people were just too far from God and that they would never, ever turn back to him. And yet God performs miracles and brings people back to him, into that relationship with him. And God uses all circumstances to be able to do that. We put limitations on God. God has no limits. No sheep is ever too lost, too far from God. And in verse 4, it's not up for debate. The shepherd is going. We have a God that wants that relationship with us, wants to search for us when we are in that wilderness. And I think that is absolutely incredible to know that we have a God that searches and wants relationship with us. A perfect God that wants me, wants you, although we are not perfect. And we aren't told how long the shepherd goes searching for that sheep. But we are told that he searches till that sheep, that sheep is found. We don't know how long he searches, but we know that he searches till the sheep is found. And looking back on our game of hide and seek and speaking about Isla and playing hide and seek with her, how quickly does one get bored with that game? I'm glad to know that the Martin family found Ella and didn't just leave her hiding on her own. But how quickly do we get bored of a game of hide and seek? Now, James is terrible at losing things. In fact, strike that, James is blooming brilliant at losing things. And very, very early on in our marriage, um, I got a phone call while I was at work um, and I used to work two minutes from the house where we then lived. And I got a phone call and he needed something for his day at work that meant that he couldn't possibly work without it. It was before he worked for the company he works at now and he'd lost his work phone. Now I said to him on the phone as he rang me, this is before nine o'clock in the morning, have you looked in this place, this place, this place, this place and listed a place, like a list of places that had he searched and he assured me that he absolutely had. So I jumped in the car and drove back home, thankfully as I said two minutes away from where we lived. And the first place I checked for his work phone was in his coat pocket. Not there, fair enough. The second place I looked was down the sofa cushions where James would normally sit. Needless to say, the search didn't last very long. I found the phone straight away and then went back to work a little bit grumpier 
than, uh, than I had been. And very much to kind of laughter in the office when I rocked back up at work five minutes later, um, kind of having found what James had been looking for. But it frustrates me even more when I find that James has lost something and that he's not bothered to look for it at all. And this is normally a bank card or something important, a passport we've had in the past. All the things that you would think are probably quite important. But I am so thankful to God that he is not like that. He doesn't just go, it'll turn up in the end. Never mind, it'll rock up. God goes out searching and finds that lost sheep. And when the shepherd finds the sheep, he joyfully picks up the sheep and takes it home. We have a God that joyfully picks up uh, when we are lost and God shoulders that burden. God carries your burden and rejoices as the shepherd carried the sheep and rejoiced. God carries your burden, he carries my burden and he rejoices. And when he takes our sins, our burden, he's already carried them. He's already conquered sin. He's already won because Jesus died on the cross. The God we worship is the God that has already defeated sin and death. He's already won. He took all our sin, shame and pain and he took them straight to the cross. Now, verse six says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. God rejoices over us. He's desperate to be in relationship with us. And when he finds his lost sheep, he rejoices and he throws a party. And it won't be a party like we have ever seen before. It will be a heavenly party where he rejoices with the angels. Verse 7 says, I tell you that it is the same way when there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons who do not repent. There has to be that willingness to repent. There has to be a willingness to surrender all to God. Do not believe that you are not enough for God or that God couldn't possibly love you. God loves you more than you will ever know. And if you were the only person to ever live on this earth, then God would have still sent Jesus Christ to die for you. Because he loves you that much. He would have sent Jesus Christ to die for you and for you alone because he loves you that much. He loves you beyond belief. Although we're not worthy, he wants that relationship with us. And that is the beauty of God's grace. The absolute beauty of God's grace. The fact that we don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. And yet God gives us that love anyway. And you may be sat there thinking, I've heard this parable a hundred times before. I'm in relationship with God. But I challenge you, is there something that is turning your focus away from God? Is there something that is turning your back towards God just that bit? Is there something 
that is stopping you having that perfect relationship with God. We have a God that loves us. We have a God that searches for us. Last year at Isca, we had a quiet time. I think it was a Tuesday evening. And it was a beautiful time of just stopping and reflecting quietly on all that God has done for us. And we sang this beautiful, beautiful song that says, I surrender my life to your blood. I surrender my name for your glory. I surrender my heart to your will. I surrender my dreams to the plans you have for me. Thank you for showing me the emptiness of all I've held on to. I surrender it all. I surrender my everything to you. Is there something that you need to be surrendering to God? Is there something that God is speaking to you on your heart this morning? I challenge you in this time, we are going to listen to that song. I challenge you to respond the best way that you need to. That may be sitting quietly and having those words sung over you. It may be that you need to scream them at the top of your voice. It may be that you need to quiet yourself in prayer. And I would challenge you again, it takes a massive step of faith, but to put it there, let us be praying for you now. Let us be praying as a church family, as a wider family of God to pray for you now. I surrender it all. I surrender my everything to you.